0: guys nice. thank you for joining us this morning it's always a joy and a privilege to come together to worship our lord and our savior just to mention um we do keep friends, for the guys over in north wales and um, pomalani is preaching over there this morning David's is leading worship and um, so that's why not with us and um, as some of you may some of you may not even know we have a church plant in north wales in mankind and uh, they are doing amazingly well Andy is heading that up and I mean, doing a great job over there and so we, we give glory to God for, as he builds his church just to mention two other things this week on tuesday is games night um, board games night if you have any more questions about that See the man at the back with his hand in the air, Dylan, and he will, uh, he will give you some information. And uh, there will be so, do come along if you join more games. Tuesday night is the time to be here, it will be in, in the dining room on the other side of the church. And, and no yeah. cheating, thank you, no cheating, yes, <laughs> 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 and then. Second thing to mention, just, is that the AGM, having an AGM on Sunday evening, that's next Sunday, not tonight, for Sunday of February at 7pm, that is going to be on Zoom, simply because we want to get as many people as possible to that, and particularly also with the guys from North Wales, it's a long way for them to travel in well so looking for some of them so we're going to do that online 7 pm and it's using the prayer link if you go to the website the details are on that there's a link to the click there as well if you get an email from us the details should be in that as well and uh, so we're going to come to god's word and um, just a little bit shorter the kids will stay in with us today and we are in genesis and we're in chapter 21 and we're a couple of verses from verses 1 to 7 now. We're sure at that, that point where at last, the long-awaited event of these chapters that we've been building up to has finally come. Genesis chapter 21, verses 1 to 7. The Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant and she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time God had said it would. And Abraham named their son Isaac. Eight days after Isaac was born, Abraham circumcised him as God had commanded. Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born and, and Sarah declared God has brought me laughter all who hear about this will laugh with me who would or who would have said to Abraham and to Sarah would nurse a baby yet I have given Abraham a son in his old age. Now you would think that this long awaited birth of Isaac would be presented as the high point of Abram's story, yet these verses are actually remarkably understated. There's no little real fuss going on here, but plenty of laughter, plenty of joy, and hopefully you will have also noticed that God is center stage here in verse 1. He does for Sarah exactly what he promised he would do. The thing is, there's actually no need for any real fanfare here at all. After all, there's nothing nice that remarkable about God doing what he says he will do. What else would you expect? Nevertheless, this is truly a, just a miraculous birth What is interesting is that the focus is not on Abraham but on what the Lord has promised to do for Sarah. So in spite of of God's promise to Abraham back in chapter 12 and verse 2. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. In chapter 13, verse 16, I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth. Chapter 17 and verse 6, I will make you fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. Despite all of that, all of the attention here is directed towards Sarah for This point, it is Sarah who must literally bear the burden. However, Abraham does get the job of officially naming his son with the name given by God, Isaac, which means he laughs. And it is also Abraham who in line with God's earlier instructions back in chapter 17 and verse 12 circumcises Isaac here in chapter 21 and verse 4 and then in verse 5 just in case you've forgotten about it Abraham's age is mentioned again remember just reminding us actually just what a miracle this really is this is an impossible giving. Never will be born. For both Abraham and Sarah together, this is just a moment of pure joy, particularly for Sarah, whose laughing boy has at last given her something to smile about, but also for Abraham, who received a gift beyond what anyone could ever guess. So, what this story teaches us, and what we learn from other parts of the Bible, as well as discover from church history, is how often God exceeds what we believe is possible. Or as Paul puts it in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, he is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us we should be so thankful to God for his faithfulness to Abraham and to Sarah and for their faithfulness as well. Because not only is this just a wonderful reminder to us of God's power and and trustworthiness in salvation, it's also just an encouragement to know that when we patiently wait on the promises of our faithful God, we will always be rewarded. And even when it's difficult at times, and it is difficult at times, there is always hope. As, as Romans chapter 8, verse 22 to 25 reminds us, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth, right up to this present time. Not only so, but we ourselves have the first fruits of this Spirit grow inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship and redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. For Abraham and for Sarah, they are in a place of joy of the birth of Isaac, but I am pretty sure that they haven't forgotten the pain or the patient endurance that brought them through to this point. See, the story of Abraham teaches us that blessing comes after we have patiently endured. What Reason he said this: there can be no victory without a battle. There is no mountaintop without a valley. And if you want the blessing, you must be prepared to carry the burden and fight the battle. There is a cost to following the way of Jesus. And there are many examples of this throughout scripture. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 1-10, to the Apostle Paul describes how he was caught up into the third heaven and had this incredible encounter with God that was was too marvelous for words. As a result, he described how God gave him a thorn in the flesh, perhaps to keep him humble, most likely to keep him humble actually. And God seems to balance privileges With responsibilities, blessings with burdens, He knows our hearts better than we do. God will protect you from pride, and He blesses the humble. There's no better example of this actually than the story of Job. Job's circumstances were against him; he lost everything he cared about. The book of Job is a long book full of speeches. It can be difficult to read at times, but it's bit tedious in places. And it begins, begins by Satan predicting that if Job was tested, he would get impatient with God and he would abandon his faith. But that did not happen. Job endured family tragedy, financial ruin, crippling illness, rubbish friends. He he, he, he experienced the worst that could possibly happen. Even saying the time that God was against him. So when Job cries out to God to get some answers to his questions, there is no reply from heaven. Job is definitely endured. And it's important that you understand that, that Job has got no idea what God is doing behind the scenes. All the time, his friends are telling him that he must have sat some terrible sin in his life, that he was a hypocrite. Yet, Job defends himself. He maintains his innocence, although not his perfection. Whoever his friends are wrong, God has got nothing against Job. But what is true is that Job did not understand He questioned God's will and he certainly wanted answers, but he never, he never, he never turned from his faith in God. In Job chapter 13 verse 15 he declares, Though he slays me, I will hope in him. Job persisted. He was so sure of God's goodness that even though he didn't understand what God was doing, he kept going. Job patiently endures. And Job teaches us that God has got a higher purpose in suffering and in waiting. So Job's experience is both pain but also point the way towards Jesus Christ, the perfect Son of God who suffered but not for his sins. But for your sake and for mine, it's worth noting the end purpose of Job's situation. God reveals Himself as tender in mercy and love, and Job endures, endurance ultimately brings glory to God. God's goal is always for His own glory, and as a result, the outcome of. Evil their blessing than there was at the beginning. But remember, Job neither expected or knew what God was doing. Any more than Abraham did, any more than you or I do. God shows his compassion and his mercy. He never wastes his suffering, the suffering of his people for John and for Abraham so they met God in new and in deeper ways and that in itself would have been enough but on top of all that they also received greater blessing from her Lord and of course we could argue that if God was so merciful why did he not protect you from all of that suffering in the first place or why did he allow Sarah and Abraham to wait so long to have a child we do need to acknowledge that there are mysteries of the how and the why God works that our are, that are finite minds just cannot begin to even comprehend. But this I do know. God was glorified. And their understanding of God matured through these difficult experiences and they found joy in God's faithfulness. So what do we learn from this? Firstly, there are going to be trials in life. In the case of Job, sometimes they are caused directly by Satan. God permits Satan to test his children, but he always limits the extent of the enemy's power. Like Peter in Luke chapter 22 verses 31 to 32, Jesus says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you by weight, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Our faith is refined through suffering and through trials. Secondly, there is a real danger in becoming impatient with God. An impatient Christian is a powerful weapon in the devil's hands. Abraham is a great example of this, of course. His impatience led to the birth of Ishmael, the enemy of the Jews. In the New Testament, their impatience almost made him a murderer. When Satan attacks, it's very easy to get angry with God. When you get impatient, when you run ahead of God, you can miss out on results of God's blessing. And then thirdly, God's grace is sufficient. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness, so that the power of Christ may best And the context of this wonderful verse is what Paul described as the thorn in the flesh that we mentioned just a little bit earlier. This is something that Paul could easily have tried to fight or to deny, but he doesn't. Instead, he trusts God for the grace that he needs. And he turns Satan's weapons into a tool to build up his own spiritual life. And when you find yourself, Suffering. When you find that the hate has been turned on, I know some of you are going through this right at this moment. When you are called to wait patiently on the Lord to fulfill a promise that maybe He's made to you many years ago, go to Jesus for the grace that you need to endure. Remind yourself that Jesus has gracious and even a glorious purpose in what you are going through and that he will work out his will in his time and for his glory. And as verse 1 says, the Lord will keep his word and do exactly what he has promised. You are a loved child of God. And it is a, it's a privilege to be part of his wonderful, of his mysterious plan. And it's so important that you live with an eternal perspective. Unless you have this eternal view of this life, you will not endure. You need to remind yourself daily that Jesus is with you now and is coming in glory soon. So that you will patiently endure. If you don't know Jesus to be, your pleasure and your satisfaction. circumstances will crush you. Well, I don't know what all of you are facing like my person. He does. He loves you deeply. And He will show His compassion and His mercy. You can trust His words. For He will never let you down. Lord, we thank you the promises of Scripture, we thank you, God, for the glimpse it gives of your glory, of your majesty, of your compassion, of your mercy, of your grace. And Lord, even now as we've reflected on this, Lord God, may it not just be something that we think sounds nice, but Lord, may it change our hearts. Lord, may our Our desire for you to grow. Our love for you increase. That we may honor you in all that we do. In Jesus' name. Amen.